Before we start this episode, we're going to take a quick second to thank our awesome patrons. In the House of Earth, we have Ray Brown, Rachel, Nicole Humphrey, Navid Etadali, Juliet Kurth, M. Davis, Andrew Stocchetti, Ali Silum, Alexander Eagleson, and Aki Yaki. In the House of Stone, we have Tinkery, Taylor C. Fries, Melissa Russell, Liv Matlin, Gabriela Margarita de Jesus, Fighting Chance Studio, Denise Vita, Curly Tail Studio, Krisha Dolan, Brianna Rains, Aya Kamurakwan, and Allison Connors. And a special welcome to Jane Dominguez, who is a recent member of the House of Stone. In the House of Flame, we have Bertie Tam, Jade Smith, Abby McCarter, Amber Costley, Celeste Gantz, Cheryl Eisenhower, Corey Little, Cynthia Johnson, Dirty Panda, Francie Dillon, Julie Sugidono, Katie Grant, Leah Harvell, Natalie Curry, Pokela, Spaghetti Sandwich, and a very special welcome to Val Linglois. Welcome to the House of Flame. And I just want to say we've had a few more people sign up recently and thank you. Thank you so much. Like I don't even I don't even know how to say things. You guys, you guys are all just amazing. So thank you so much for being patrons. Y'all are awesome. All right, now on to the show. Yay! White noise? Yeah, so it's like the uh, what you do for filtering out like the room noise. Yeah. Basically, the program uses that and it goes, okay, anything that sounds like that within this audio gets filtered out. Really? Yeah. Oh, you have to show me how to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought you were just waiting for a bunch of Starbucks girls to come in and talk about their sorority pledges. Oh, I mean, that's also, that's coming afterwards, but... That's um, the white noise I'm used to. That's the... Oh! <laughs> oh, <laughs> I get it now! I'm I sorry. get it now! No, that was excellent. I'm sorry. This is The Mud Peddlers, a podcast where two nerdy ceramic artists share the behind the scenes of their worlds of clay. We are your hosts, Lindsay M. Dillon. And I am Dante of Earth Nation. This week on The Mud Peddlers, we're talking about, well, honestly, we had a little bit of a hard time figuring out, like, what's the proper way to describe what we're going to be talking about this yeah, week? I have a, I have a lot of... I have a lot of old man energy on the subject that we're talking about today, and I'm going to try my best to not be as, like, crotchety about it. Yeah. Essentially, we're talking about kind of how to get unstuck or how to prevent yourself from getting stuck slash how to take techniques that are widely seen as exciting, like, in and of themselves Mm -hmm. and learning how to or suggestions on how to push that further. Yeah, I I would, as a type of foundation, I would like to say that in my experience, and this is just my personal viewpoint of it, mm-hmm. is that there's like what I call old head pottery culture, stuff that's like really traditional, you know, like moon moon jars or moon vases. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like making your own clay, making your own glaze and making your own tools. And there's stuff that's culturally sedimented into the pottery experience, especially from that of a non-glamorous viewpoint. And then there's stuff that usually, in my experience, is not from the perspective of a cultured, long-standing, like, 20-year-old, been-in-the-game ceramicist. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, like, bubble glaze! <laughs> and, like, raccoon! 
Ooh! <laughs> and, you know, I think uh, the more seasoned Potter is usually kind of over that stuff by that point. But I think in today's episode, we want to talk about not getting stuck on the idealism of one of those things. Right. Each of our perspectives on that is like, for me, what fascinated me about this topic was the idea of like, okay, so you have you have this idea that's like exciting, but it's also like, okay, like, and again, this isn't about like, on bubble glazes or whatever. Yeah, we don't like, want to make it seem like we're Yeah, yeah. It's it's more about like, okay, so this is a technique that has become popular. So since a lot of people use it, I'm I'm interested in the idea of figuring out like, okay, how do you take that idea that's popular and push it to make it your own or to basically make it more than just that one technique? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that last one specifically because the amount of potters I see is honestly on TikTok most of the time is like, oh, I took a technique and then I just added another technique on top of it uh-huh. and that made it its own individual technique. Yeah, Like, yeah. the amount of people I see just put, like, a silk screen on top of Mother Pearl Glaze to make a shiny pot is mm-hmm. insane. But that person is now known for that one thing. Yeah. But don't, you know, don't, don't, be, don't, be, <laughs> don't be too impressed. <laughs> they did just take a silk screen and put Mother Pearl on top of a, a square cup. Yeah, and I think I'm trying so hard. I know, I know. I'm trying I know. so hard. Okay, because honestly, I guess this will this will be like in some ways like my first recommendation because yeah. I think that if you have if you have I'm gonna I need to not tap on the table. I keep wanting to tap on the table. So thank you. Dante has just given me uh, give her a pad, maxi, a little, maxi a little, pad, a little pad. Yeah, a little maxi pad. A little maxi pad to absorb it's, her finger taps. Yo, go. <laughs> love it, love <laughs> it. We are period positive on this podcast. Very yes. Very blood positive. Yes. Anyway, um, <laughs> we, we may or may not be vampires. Like Asterion. Oh my God. Oh wait, no, that's a spoiler. Never who's mind. A, who's Asterion? Don't worry about it. All right. Um, point being. Jacob? No. No, that's a werewolf. That's the werewolf. I don't know any vampire names. Anyway. anyway. Okay. So, <laughs> so my recommendation is if you have, is basically to do what you said that, that example artist just did, which is basically taking the one technique and then adding another technique on top of that because Hmm. that in and of itself creates a new thing and it's more than just the technique by itself. Agreed. I think I'm less worried about getting stuck in terms of then just only using that technique because to be honest, like with the cups that I know make money, it's largely just one technique. Yeah. But what I do is I've been finding ways to make time to stretch my creative muscles in a different way Mm -hmm. so anyway i have a bunch of different thoughts and i'm not really sure where to start do you have a particular starting place that you want to i have a couple different places but i think uh to set like a baseline i would like to say my my goal with my discussion isn't to like it on anybody's thing they like to do you know what i mean or like take the excitement out of exciting things i really think the things that we're going to name today should be done at least once or twice Mm -hmm. but i i just don't think they're like a home you know, but that's also just my opinion. If you've made your whole career off of gold luster, that's your business. But as far as what I'm trying to teach my students in my classes is like, I don't want you to pigeonhole yourself and be stuck in one place for so long that you don't then go looking for other avenues of creative expression just because you really like doing this one thing. And I just, I just want to make it clear that like, I'm not trying to on anyone's thing they like to do. Or form of expression they like. Mm-hmm. But I, I do want to have this discussion so that we set a certain mentality of like, yeah, you should experiment with different forms of expressing yourself. These happen to be the most exciting 
ones that are like shown on the internet right now. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And I'm not they, saying they get the likes and the views. They get the likes and the views. And I'm not saying that you can't express yourself through these avenues. But I, what I don't want for you is to find one thing and then do that. Well, you can do that if you want. But I don't want you to do it for the rest of your life. And then at the end of it, be like, I want to express myself in a different way. And I want people like my work is getting, I don't want your work to get stale. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I want you to express yourself. I don't want to give you just a hammer and then be like, build a house. Yeah. I want to give you like a hammer and a saw and a, like, I want to give you all the tools. Yeah. But yeah. Man, you're, you're in love with this hammer though. <laughs> I tell you what. Yeah. And so I'll say from the social media point of view, it seems that there's some things that are far more glorified than a lot of other skills mm -hmm. that I think could be beneficial towards building, I don't want to say better products, but building a better house, so to speak. Mm-hmm. What's a, what what do you feel like are some of those like techniques that we think of? Bubble glaze. Okay. Number one bubble glaze. Okay. Bubble glaze. Bubble glaze can die in a fire. Oh my god. I hate Mr. bubble glaze. Mr. I'm not trying to on bubble glaze. Oh wait, I forgot I'm being tempered this Yeah, season. yeah, yeah. Oh my god. I'll reel I'll reel it back. <laughs> so just just to kind of take the magic out of it, because I feel like this is the most effective way to like get people to be like, oh, that's it. Uh-huh. What bubble glaze is, is someone got a little bit of glaze, mixed it with soap, put a straw inside of the soapy glaze. Blue bubbles, the bubbles then expanded and went onto usually a raw clay body or a pot. That's spinning on something, okay? You don't glaze over it usually unless you want to make contrast color. Some people do like a white and black glaze, mm. vice versa. You can do that stuff. But it creates this kind of after effect of a very orbital bubble looking glaze pattern on the outside of your pots. Mm -hmm. It looks magnificent, mm -hmm. right? I do and want it, to tell you it, though, it is just soap and glaze. <laughs> yeah. It can be difficult to... Like, to actually have it show up the way that you want it to. And I'll admit, like, I have not actually messed with the bubble glaze technique hardly at all. Like, I think I tried it, like, once. But it's just, it never ended up being something that I pursued. So there is there is still skill in executing it the way that you want it to. Yeah. But, like, so for, for me, when I think of an example of, like, bubble glazes being, like, someone pushing it beyond is, if I remember correctly, I hope I'm not messing this up, but if I remember correctly, Mike Sinelli did a glaze or did uh he integrated bubble glazes into the designs that he already does and if mm -hmm. you don't know his work go look it up because it's awesome but he does sort of a uh colorful but muted industrial sort of functional wear so like cups and things like that mm -hmm. he integrated the bubble technique into the style that he already had to make it look like something was a uh like a, a an, like an oil drum filled with like poisonous materials basically that makes sense. yeah yeah so i think that's a good example of taking a technique and then adding your own on thing on top of it mm -hmm. so that it goes beyond a cup with a bubble glaze on it well i think that's a perfect example because this person has a set of skills mm -hmm. and then use the bubble glaze technique as an additive to those skills to give it a certain look so what are what are some of the other techniques that we can think of that are like those kind of stereotypical ones i think of like the i think of gold luster and mother of pearl a lot mm, okay um, those are the two that that you could essentially take any cup with any design on it put mother of pearl over it low fire it a third time usually and then it ju it's just a shinier version of what you already have I think there's somebody on TikTok who specifically does like people who watched the craft when they were kids way too much. Mm. And then she just puts those designs on the cup and then puts mother of pearl over it. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it just turns out to be like, it's, it's like astrology vibe. Yeah. Mother of pearl cups. Yeah. Yeah. And they look good, but those are two different techniques that are essentially combined to make a new thing. Right. And so they've made their own avenue through that. You know uh -huh, what I mean? Uh -huh. But separately, 
those two are another one of those glorified things. They're like, oh, I just did a silk screen. Cool. Or, or I just did a Mother of Pearl, and that's cool. So, yeah, so Mother of Pearl is another one. Uh, I think of... Swirly mugs. Swirly mugs, yeah. Raku firing. Raku and, firing. And again, for all of these things, like, how do I say? For someone who wants to push their technique further, what would you recommend someone do? Like, let's say someone has gotten to the point where they're like, okay... I figured out how to do bubble glazes on their own the way that I want. I know how to do, uh, sorry, I'm having like five different thoughts in my head at the same yeah, time. Yeah, there's so many of them that yeah. my brain is having a hard time coming up with them because yeah. I'm like, there's so many. Yeah. But well, also because specifically, like when I think of something like Raku, because it has so many variables to it. Yeah. Like I, I was reading about a an artist in this book that I bought at the Crocker Art Museum called, uh, I think it's just called like Ceramics Now or something like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, this artist just does Raku, but he has, he's gone into Raku firing the way that you've kind of gone into like glaze formulation oh, yeah, where yeah. it's like, just because you know how to do Raku, like there are levels of knowledge yes. with Raku and like there's levels of knowledge with all of these like different, yeah. different things I would, I would argue. Yeah. But what I find really interesting is some of the different ways that people do push out, like when they've gotten to the point where they're like, all right. I know how to do this thing. I'm ready to stretch my, my limbs. Yeah. What are some of the ways that you would recommend people do that? Because I have some ideas, but well, I want to hear yours first. Well, combining techniques is the, f the first one that always comes to mind. Yeah. Because like, oh yeah, you like bubble glaze. You like gold luster. I want to do both <laughs> at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. The one that I always go for is making different forms because that makes me learn a whole new skill. So like mm. putting a swirly mug, getting a small mug and then making it swirly is fine. Everyone's, in I was in love with that for like two years, mm -hmm. right? Because I like swirls and it was my first version of texture. Or like stretching skin out after you make texture. Yeah. Is another one. Or tiny pottery. Yeah. Or really big pottery. Yeah. Those are all things. I love that, all these things. They're cool. They're cool in and of themselves. But I swear to, if Ceramics Arts Daily is listening to this, I swear to God, if I open <laughs> another magazine. Oh. God. That has tiny pottery in the back. I'm gonna die. Oh my lord! I'm get off the so horse, bro. Judgy. So I remember judgy. reading them like ten years ago when I was like when I was a baby. Yeah. When I was just like, oh, tiny pottery is so. And then after seeing it, I'm like, I get it. I think you're just projecting because you're worried about getting stuck. Not because I don't get stuck though. <laughs> like. Yeah, not like you're always talking about, uh, you know, being pushed into this. Uh, I'm so worried you know, about that. Yeah, this, yeah, this commercial yeah, right. thing. Not to make this about, you know, psychology. No, no, you're but... partially right. I'm, I'm worried about it. And I also think uh, a tendency of myself is to, like, learn something for three months yeah. and then abandon it for another skill. Right, So right. that when I see someone else do that skill, I'm like, ah, I learned that already. Mm. I did that already, yeah. <laughs> so now when I do something that I think is really impressive, like making, like, a cone six oxidation red that's actually red without tin chrome in it mm -hmm. i'm like yeah ain't nobody doing this <laughs> yeah you know yeah. but like i know how to do a lot of simple techniques that are glorified especially just scroll down instagram for a little bit in the pottery pages because i learned how to do them over three months then i was like cool i know that's another tool on the belt to express myself artistically as i go along mm -hmm. and unless i want to combine all i'm gonna i'm gonna do one where i combine all the <laughs> Technique salad. I'm gonna do like a tiny pottery bubble glaze gold luster mother of pearl straight. I'm gonna do all of it <laughs> in one go. It's gonna be called ambrosia. I love it. Food for the gods. And then I'm gonna throw it away when someone buys it. Okay. Because it's trash. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, yeah. just start combining techniques realistically. 
Mm-hmm. Yosha would always tell me, like, combine three techniques in, you know, but you do have to master one technique at a time. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you at least have to start out with one. Like, I at think least. you can learn how to... Well, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, mean yeah. all three at once. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. do one technique at a time, learn how to do each of them individually, and then combine them. Oh. I don't know. I think you can. I think you can learn, like, one technique, and then... I mean, you may end up with more, like, mistakes... But well, yeah. If you want to do it poorly, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. I mean, that's admittedly that's that's kind of how I learn. I've gotten a little bit better over the years at like, or basically like if I want to experiment with stuff, I've gotten a little bit better at like not experimenting on a glaze with my like dragon egg mugs, which I've already Yo. put like hours and hours and hours of effort into. That's such that's but, such a thing for me too. Where yeah. Like, I'll ex- I'll use my pieces as test styles and be like, it didn't come out right, and then uh, yeah. Half of the other old school potters on Glazy are like, yeah, you didn't test it, stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can't use products as tests. That's money. That's that's a good that's a good uh, suggestion. So as people are moving forward and combining different techniques, combine it on a piece that you're not particularly attached you to. You don't care about. Yeah. Do it on like a little, like go buy a Walmart mug and then do <laughs> it on that. Oh my God. Do oh it on God. that. <laughs> I've thought about firing a, a low fire Walmart mug before. Yeah. And it's, I've never done it. I'm always worried. We should try it sometime. I'm always worried it'll mess up my kiln. Yeah, it's a little square mug. Throw it in like make a little like container box for it, and then oh, like a little uh, like a sagrifier. Yeah, like a sagrifier. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. One of the things that I liked doing when it comes to combining different different techniques Mm -hmm. is also combining different vibes. Because imagine a bubble glaze that is made with a, like, a fairy forest vibe, right? And then imagine a a bubble glaze that's made with a piece that has, like, horror vibes. Mm. Like, it's the same technique, but how you bring together the rest of the piece Mm. is going to make that piece feel really different. Well, I think think the technique itself is valuable to be applied to other work. Mm -hmm. I think more so, I'm really afraid of, not only myself, as you pointed out, but also other people getting pigeonholing themselves, rather, into an art style and be like, oh, people like this. I'm just going to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. What I think most artists should do is, let's say you like making aquatic yeah. mugs. You know what I mean? You like to draw mugs with little fishy faces on them. Yeah. I think it would benefit you greatly to put some bubble glaze on there so it looks a little bit more underwater. Yeah. But if you're just putting like a cup with bubbles on it, I, I think it could be better used. I think the technique could be stretched beyond just bubbles. It could be, but I would also argue that if that person makes a lot of money doing just cups with just a bubble glaze on it, keep doing that. Uh, if that works. Because cause, yeah. okay, here's, I'll, I guess I'll use myself as an example. I'm not pro that, but I, mean, I, I can't argue against it because it's money. I know. That's why I'm going to try and convince you. Okay. Because You're really I think, good at convincing me of stuff. I'm, thank you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. I may not, you know, I'll roll my persuasion and see how I go. Okay. I've been playing a lot of Baldur's Gate 3. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> so about a year ago... Or I started trying to explore the idea of every month doing a unique mug design. Totally didn't end up following through with that. I think I got That's maybe, a lot. Yeah, I think I got maybe three three new designs last year or mm-hmm. something like that. And then, you know, kind of pushing them farther this year. But what I have been doing is because again, the the most of the stuff that I make is I have my like four or five shapes that I do. And then it's a a sprig mold rolled out over a rubber stamp, right? That's most of my work. But what I have tried to do, because I know that those pieces are my main, like, money makers, Mm -hmm. is, like, as I've been preparing for a sack anime, 
maybe 90% of my pieces are, are that. They're the pieces that I sold really well. But because, first of all, within myself, like, I just, I want to, like, I have that creative itch. Like, I think a lot of yeah. folks who, who sell their work, you know, often end up kind of being in that place where it's just like, okay, like, I know these sell well, but, like, I want to stretch myself creatively. Mm-hmm. That last 10% are either experimental pieces or revisions of designs that I, the newer designs that I started working on last year. Mm. So for instance, with my poisoner cups, or I first started making that series like two and a half years ago, something like that. I just made a few, but like this year, you know, instead of just carving into the cup, I added a little bit so that each of the little like pustule things is rising farther out of the cup. And Mm. I'm really stoked about how it's looking. Mm -hmm. So That is one of the ways that you, if you're feeling kind of stuck and pigeonholed that way, that can be a way to schedule time into your work to push your work farther is like dedicating a certain percentage, even if it's like five pieces, even if you're only going to make five different cups, schedule in time for experimentation. Mm -hmm. That's what, that's, that's one of the things I would say. You know, I think. I think realistically, because I started teaching the classes, and I if I show the class a technique, they, like, hug that technique. Oh, You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, guys, I wanted to show you that technique so you could use it in the way that you ought to use it for your own style. I don't want you to just copy me. Mm. Well, it, take, it takes time to develop that, though. Like, I think especially for folks who maybe don't have a solid sense of their own style, like, just doing and learning that one technique is pushing it in and of itself. That's fair. Yeah, that's that's a... They're like, whoa, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fair. So I think it, yeah, like it takes time to, yeah, to like integrate that technique into and like, and then, and then push it. Another way that I've seen people push their work mm-hmm. is I, I'm, I'm spacing out on who's, who has done this, but they basically have like a chart with multiple different columns and each column is a different uh, like attribute of the cup. Or, or, or attribute of the piece they're making. Right. Like, so it could be the color, it could be the shape, it could be the design that's on top, it could be the type of glaze they're using. It's like all these different things. Mm-hmm. And then they will roll like a D20 or a couple D20s mm-hmm. and like each die will determine like which of that column, like each each thing within that column. Right. So. And they just make that thing. And then they just make that thing. That's kind of, that's, that's kind of big pee-pee. Cause like, that is, I love that. In order for you to roll... AD 20 or at least multiple of them and then just say I'm I'm able to make whatever comes up here mm-hmm. expresses that you've gone through multiple techniques to be able to make whatever technique is demanded of you from the dice yes and yes. that's but that person probably can do that because they didn't stay on flipping <laughs> swirly mugs for three years <laughs> I mean back well around. at least back not, around at least not only at least, at not, least not only, only. yeah yeah yeah. yeah, at least not like I got st- I in this technique is you know. Mm-hmm. I think I think also part of it is I had this. Uh, con- I don't know what her name is. I had a conversation with someone on Instagram about like pigeonholing yourself into your own artwork. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I feel I feel bad, but like I can't I can't feel too bad for people that pigeonhole. I don't I think this was in our conversation with Evie. I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. Where it's like I feel bad for people who get pigeonholed into a certain field of work for things outside of their control. But like, if you actively jumped into the hole, I don't feel like you put yourself there and, <laughs> and you, and then you stayed there because you kept doing the same thing over and over again. So I don't, I don't really feel too bad that you're only known for this one thing mm. when all you choose to do is this one thing, but you could do 
you can express yourself a bunch of different ways. Yeah. You, well, you know, s- since we know how much you hate I'm being people just today. getting stuck. I know. I'm being very tempered right so, now. So let's, let's help people get out of it. How are they, how, if someone is stuck, other than layering techniques or using the, the chart to like try different stuff mm-hmm. and other than setting aside a certain percentage of their work to, yeah. you know, to explore, how would you recommend someone either get out of the hole that mm-hmm. they've pigeon, that they've been pigeonholed into or pigeonholed themselves into? Yeah. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go buy an art book, an old one. I want dust on it. I want it to be barely in color. Okay. I have like four in my studio. I want you to open that book and I want you to look at a technique you don't recognize. You can't find on the gram or Twitter. And then I want you to try to duplicate it. Mm -hmm. And then I want you, once you figure out how to duplicate it, go, I just learned a new skill, a new tool on the belt. That's what I want you to do. Okay. Yep. All right, well, that's the podcast, I just, yeah, guys. No. <laughs> I just gave you a direct order. It's, it's, it's uh, you, well, because there's like maybe seven or eight things on social media that are really glorified. Mm. I, I literally, I cannot walk into a studio without, and I, I don't want to say this in a judgmental way, so I'm trying mm. not to, but usually it's someone who's not really saturated into pottery culture who is really in love with these things. Like when you meet mm. like an old head potter like myself, and you're like, oh, Raku. They're like, yeah, Raku. Mm-hmm. Or they're like, ah, oh, horsehair. And then you're like, yeah, I've done horsehair, yeah. Bubble glaze. And you're like, yep, bu- yep, yep. Those, mm-hmm. those are all the things that, that, and I think I made the example to you earlier in the car where it's like asking a black belt to do a backflip. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, that's not what it's about, though. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, backflips, backflips, yeah, backflips. <laughs> and you're, they're like, no, it's like a deep-seated culture and meditative practice for body and mind. Mm-hmm. And you're like, bubble glaze, backflips, woo! <laughs> Kung fu, doing a back kick off the wall. Oh my God. And they're like, that is uh, the most cheesy representation of my culture uh, that you could possibly have. Yeah. And you're really digging your heels in on it. Okay. And that's not what my culture is about. Okay. So usually whenever I get someone who's really excited about these things, mm-hmm. I'm like, you did, did you just start pottery? Are you, are, how, how new are you? And it yeah. sounds super judgmental. But the other part of me is like, yeah, the percentage of people that I meet who are in love with these techniques are are usually newer people. Because when I meet the old head people, they're like, yeah, that's not really a representation of the pottery culture. That's that's a more of a representation of social media's uh, extravagance. Mm. You know? Yeah, it's yeah. Like booty pictures <clears throat> for pottery. It's like that's not really what the work, the art's about for for a lot of the older pottery people. The old, I call them old head potters. Mm-hmm, but like they I'm, don't I'm one of them. Have to be, yeah, but... you don't have to be old. Like I'm one of them, but I'm not really that old, to be honest with you. Hella old. I have to live twice. I have to live an, to get close to death age naturally. I have to live my entire life over again. Yeah. Wow, that's kind of wild. I, yeah, when you think about it in that aspect, like I have to from one to now. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not even in my forties yet, so I might. Yeah. If I'm real lucky, I might live. Triple. And that's long, bro. Damn, that's be awesome. long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I I mean, I could give more examples, but they seem more gripey than anything else. It's you know, like I started skateboarding for a while and I had a friend mm-hmm. who taught me how to skateboard and he made it very clear to me. He's like, You're not a skater, you just know how to skateboard. And I was like, Well, what's the difference? He goes, being a skater comes with an entire cultural background that like you were you're being initiated into, but you're not you're not in the depths of it yet. So if someone ever asks you if you're a skater, you simply say, I'm still learning how to skate. 
but I don't like I don't know the tricks or I don't know the things mm. yet, you know. And I said, why is why is that denotation important? And he said, because people who say that they're skaters after learning how to skate are called posers. Mm. And it's disingenuous and very hurtful to the culture. Mm. It's disrespectful to us. And I said, oh, yeah. okay, I, I understand now. Like, I yeah. get it now. So in in part of that same aspect, it's, I don't know, it would it would kind of be like me learning how to skateboard for like after the first week and then be like, Ollie, 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 back kick. Ollie, back kick, back kick, mm-hmm. Ollie, Ollie, Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk. And they're like, <laughs> dude, you're cringy as shit. You got to go. <laughs> you you are being super disrespectful to us right now as a culture. Yeah. Like, I, you're turning my nipples the wrong way. Oh, oh God. <laughs> you're twisting them and I hate there, it. There's, there's an image. I know I know it's not that serious. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's the best way I can put it. It's, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I guess I just don't get why you care so much. Like, cause it's, it's seems... almost like I'm part of the culture. Yeah. You're part. I mean, so am I. Yeah, of course. So am I, but like, I, I don't... don't get why you don't care enough. I don't... Oh, I flipped that shit oh, on you right now. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Okay. That's so my favorite. Guess... Whenever my, my ex was like, why do you care so much? I'm like, why don't you care at all? <laughs> Ooh. You could flip it on them. All right. So I guess I'll say the reason that I don't care that much is mm-hmm. because I faced so much like anti industry, anti money making bullshit. At Santa Cruz, right. that my natural inclination is to be like, "Cool, you're making money off of it. Who gives a f-? like? Yeah. I don't care so much whether that's the only thing you cling to. What I care about is if you have been doing a certain technique for a while and you're feeling stuck. Like, yes. if you're happy making just the one thing, and you know, and that's what you want to do, go for it. I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. I think I think people should not have to push themselves. Okay, for instance. I'm sure there are some people out there who think that, like, I should be making my own clay body, right? I simply do not care I don't want to. Yeah. yeah, It's not worth the squeeze, really. Right. But some people might think, oh, well, you're just not pushing yourself. I don't care what that person thinks. Right. Like, and it shouldn't matter. They're not paying your rent. Right. And that's kind of how I feel about this situation, is that if someone is only making bubble glazes with a, you know, just not combining techniques, whatever. Right. But if they're enjoying it, cool. I don't care. Like, I'm not paying your rent. I shouldn't care. Mm -hmm. Right. But so what I want with this episode is for the people who have been doing maybe a certain technique for a while and are stuck mm-hmm. to know how to get out of that and how to push, how to, how to push if they want to. For, for me personally, it's more, my idealism is more of a backup plan. So when I say I don't want you to do one technique and then get stuck there, regardless mm-hmm. of how much you like it, mm-hmm. my brain goes, I think you should also learn the other techniques because when you get bored of this technique and you get pigeonholed, which if you do it long enough, the chances are that you probably will. Mm. You have a backup plan to go to something else. Uh. For example, I love developing glazes. I'm not in my house developing glazes all the time. I have a cycle, but I only know the cycle and I only know how to develop glazes because I've learned and I've taken the classes and I've learned that technique. Mm-hmm. So what often happens with me is that I'll do something for like two months mm-hmm. and then I'll feel stuck just like we're talking about. Yeah. And then I will move to another technique. Mm-hmm. I can't move to another technique if I stay on the first technique forever. Yeah. That's what I want for you. Mm-hmm. I want you to learn multiple techniques so you're not stuck there. Okay. Right? And I think the difference in between someone like me and a, initiate, a new initiate potter is that the old head potter, which is what I'm calling myself at the moment, mm-hmm. is that they've gone through so many techniques that they're no longer, um, they kind of realize what's going to happen. They're like, you might get stuck and you're just going to move on and that's cool. You're totally allowed to experiment with that. But, like, I think it's beneficial for you to try other stuff because I think 
part of the death of expression is to get stuck in one form of expression mm. and only do that one thing for a very long time. If I were to be, if I were to be like bluntly yeah. honest about it, mm-hmm. like art in and of itself, regardless of the money, is a form of expression, and I don't want you to stunt your form of expression by only hugging one technique to death, mm. right? And if it sells well, you're right. That's fine. That that's that's up to you. Like I'm never gonna. It's not like I'm gonna judge you for like making your money and expressing yourself in this one facet. Mm-hmm. But I will say, on an internal level, for yourself. It usually seems like people are not satisfied with that form of expression among years and years and years and years and years of doing that one thing. And then I'm in the background like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember when I told you to do something yeah. else with your life? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so now you're at this roadblock that we all knew you were going to come to. That's, main, that's my main point is that I want you to move so that you don't get stuck on the road and get run over mm. by, the, by the car of non-expression. <laughs> like that's, that's my issue yeah. is that I feel like a dad who's just like, you're going to... Your first boyfriend or girlfriend or they them is not going to be your loved one forever and ever. And if they are, you're really lucky. <sighs> and you're like, no, I'm going to love them forever. They're the only true. And then two years later, you're like, ah, 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 oh, I thought they were the one. <laughs> and me, your dad is like, yeah, it turns out I've been in the game longer than you. And I kind of knew this was going to happen. It's almost like I told you so. Oh, my god, That's wild. <laughs> and yeah, you know, so and realistically, think- you're going to be dating multiple people. For a while until you find what you do and don't like and it's going to take some time and then you're going to find one that you are in love with or you won't and you'll drop it all together and you'll play video games. Yeah. Which is also my true love. So, (laughs) I think my perspective is like when I get stuck, I'll deal with it then. That's crazy. I think that's really. I always have a backup plan. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of neat though to see that like we both have such different like ways of going about that. Cause I'm like, yeah, when I like, if, and when I get stuck, which is actually, it's funny. Cause normally I'm the one who's like super anxious and super like must have backup plans, must have like all these things. Well, yeah. I think your thing is like, I'll build the bridge when I get to building the bridge. And my thing is like, I'm going to build all these bridges just in case I got to cross them. Yeah. 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 That's a good way of, ex- of describing it. But my brain is like, you will have to build a bridge sooner or later. Why not just build it now when you have, when, when you can. Yeah, I'm like, no, I'm no. having so much fun in the fields here. Uh, yeah, I'm having so much, yeah. I don't, I love this bridge. <laughs> yeah, it's like this, this bridge is like, huh, there's this field over across the way over there's this, there's this river in between. I should probably build a bridge. And you know what that other field is? Slip casting. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> oh, did, That's what it is for me, at least. Did but, you know they sell slip casting kits? Oh, I, that totally makes sense. On, um... And th- this isn't, like, to downtrot slip or anything, but, like, I looked it up, and they sell, like, the slip mm-hmm. and the cast, like, on Amazon for 30 bucks. That's cool. But it's 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 uh, it's not a very good shape, to be honest. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, it's not good. an interesting shape. Yeah. So, since we have different approaches, how have you found some of that balance? Because I know that you've been saying that you've been feeling, like, kind of shoehorned, and I have two thoughts. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to elaborate on what my answer had been. You do whatever you want. And then want. I'm going to ask. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I'm... So I'm curious about how how you have navigated finding ways to push your own work in a commercial context, since we're both trying to make money with our work. And because my primary way of stretching my creative muscles, as I had mentioned, was like setting aside a certain small percentage of my work anytime I do an update or when I'm getting ready for an event to have some new pieces to show. And that's not just for my own like creative pushing myself, but Mm -hmm. that's also commercially because 
I think people are more inclined to keep coming back to my booth if I have new stuff to show. Mm -hmm. So there's two purposes to it. But my primary way of pushing myself is not so much layering techniques or trying new techniques. Like there's some of that. But for me, it's more about coming up with the ideas behind the pieces. Again, I keep talking about this Poisoner series, but like that did not, that it started out as an experiment. Like I literally just had like an extra goblet and I was like, well, it's the end of the night. Let me just carve some stuff into it. And as I carved it, I ended up getting these kind of like bulbous looking shapes. And I, you know, I didn't really know why I was making it, but it was later after I had made the cup and I was like, okay, why do I find this shape interesting? What do I like about this? You know, how could I, how can I kind of like come up with something to match this thing that I have made? Mm -hmm. And I ended up coming up with this story about, you know, the idea of the many different ways that people have tried to avoid being poisoned throughout history. You know, they've done, you know, powdered unicorn horn and like carved sigils onto certain things to avoid being poisoned. What the f***? Wild. Are it's, they getting powdered unicorn horn? I mean, it's narwhals. Basically. Oh, it's, oh, okay. it's narwhals. Yeah. Yo, so humans are crazy, Humans, bro. Humans be crazy. They're wild. Yeah. So I like the idea that this cup, the reason that it has all these pustule things on it is because its way of identifying that there's a poison in the cup is by developing all these pustules. So I thought like, oh, that's, you know, it ties in some history, it ties in some folklore. Mm -hmm. And then I could come up with this whole story of like, you know, someone who has unearthed this cup and is like, well, you know, could I use this to like poison somebody? You know, anyway, so it's this whole thing. So, so that's my primary way of pushing myself, pushing my work. I do a little bit of layering techniques like I, uh, you know, I tend to do more sculptural pieces when I am doing something that's not just like the, the cups themselves, but I'm less inclined to like have a cup that has the sprig mold with the stamp on it mm -hmm. and then like add mother of pearl or something like I'm not yeah. as inclined to do that. Yeah. Not that you can't like, again, I, I'm just yeah, saying there's no like, shame in it. It's, right. Yeah. Th so anyway, so that's. That's my primary way of pushing myself. Mm -hmm. What is your primary way of pushing yourself and managing the the time aspect of your business, knowing that we are both doing this to make money, mm -hmm. but we only have so much time, but also we get burnt out from doing the things that we're pigeonholed into. Yeah. So I usually have a two month stint on my creative process. So what often happens is I will experiment with something new for about two months. And then that is my next store upload is in the third or fourth month mm. after I've kind of figured out and worked all the kinks out. Right. Okay. So like my last store upload, probably this one as well too, has the new red that I developed. Right. Right. And I only know it's good because it was really difficult to make. I had to do like a couple months of research. And on top of that, every glaze chemist I know is like, <laughs> how did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. In truth, a little bit of backstory on that glaze is that like. I had this, I, th I think I had a, well, I wanted to create something for you for your birthday, number one. Yeah. And number two, I had this kind of back and forth with this person online that was like, this is as far as I could take this glaze. And I was like, no, you could take it further. And mm. we went back and forth for a while until I finally took the glaze and changed around the entire formulation and was like, here, it's better now. Huh. And that's what you have now. Oh my God. And that's what you have now. And then, uh, yeah, because I was looking for a glaze recipe for you so I can modify yeah. it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to create a glaze from scratch, but I ended up doing it anyway. <laughs> but the next store upload, so that that was like my two or three month, maybe even four month stint was like research on this glaze. Mm. So now I have a new glaze. It's going to be represented in my shop and I'm pretty happy with it. Okay. And then after that. Wait, cool question. Yeah. While you were developing that glaze during that like two month stint, mm -hmm. were you also making the kinds of pieces that, you know, sell well? No. Oh, okay, so you no. were just honing in on the one thing. I'm more so worried about developing my skills for my form of expression and my work 
than I am about selling my work. And I know that comes from a place of privilege because I have a nine to five job as well mm. that mainly supports me. But like, I'm, I'm, I was far more concerned about making this red, which seems to be a pinnacle of glaze making. It's one of like the harder things to do in glaze making. Mm-hmm. Then I was worried about selling a cup with like Pokemon symbols on gotcha, it. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Know? Like yeah. I I just that that's just where my mind is. And mm-hmm. I know it's a place of privilege because I don't have to worry about that. Well, I mean But I do have mm-hmm. a I do have a job. It's not like I'm sitting in my house chilling. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I mean like it's kind of privilege, but it's also because you work yourself to the bone. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> like it's not as I asked my boss, because we're going to Sac Anime together. Mm-hmm. I asked my boss for a couple of days off and he's like, What are you doing? <laughs> I just I said yeah I snapped back I was like I'm not in the corner jacking it boss like I'm gonna go work I'm not gonna stay at home and like hug my baby and wife and child and eat flipping boba and cinnabon for the rest like I'm going I mean, to make money admittedly though you totally have the right to sit at home cuddling your baby eating boba and cinnabons I do they I know right we just ate calm down we just ate we just ate <laughs> we should get cinnabons next time we hang out okay we'll get cinnabons next time. okay. He just, I don't know. Some people just act like if I'm not doing the thing that I'm known for doing, that I'm not doing anything. Uh, but realistically, I'm doing the thing and then I have a backup plan for the thing. And if I'm doing, I'm the kind of person that as I'm cooking food, I'm cleaning the dishes that I use to cook the food. Yeah, yeah. So that by the end of the trip, when the food's in the bowl, there's no dishes left except for maybe the pan that I just put the meat. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like that, but the rest of the bowls are gone. Anyway, to get back on track, the next thing that I'm experimenting with is coloring clay. Um, oh, yeah. I think I showed you some of that before, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I'm probably going to do a lot more of it. Not because I think it'll sell well, which I do think it will, mm-hmm. but because like it's really nice yeah. to make black porcelain clay and then mix it together with marbleized porcelain clay body and then put like a glaze that I developed on it. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I mix my techniques. Now, I will freely and fully admit that marbleized clay is one of those things. <laughs> I had that thought actually. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's kind of one of those things. Marbleized yeah. clay is one of those things. But again, because it's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's kind of the whole point. No, I've done that... it for too long. I have to move on now. <laughs> I've done it for too long. So what I've started doing is I've started coloring my own clay and then marbleizing it and then putting it on a glaze that you can see through so you can have that translucency come through. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that's translucent glaze, making your own glaze colors, making your own glaze. That's three techniques in one cup. Yeah. And I'm pretty happy with that outcome. Mm-hmm. Right? But it did take me a cycle of production in order to make sure that I have something that that's that quality. Yeah. Right? Like, I had to figure out how to make my own glaze over years and years and years. Right. I had to figure out how to color clay and what the best technique is. Like, I no longer get mason stain and wedge it in. Mm. I make slip out of my excess clay, out of pure porcelain, and then I mix the color in, and then I reconstitute it, and then I wedge that, and then I wedge that into porcelain clay. Oh, interesting. The production of that is way easier than doing the muscle work. And it's a lot smoother. It's Mm. just better. It's just better. Huh. Okay. Um, If I'm doing a new silk screen, I think I told you this, I have a program now where like I go in and I have to like put things together and then I send that off to my silk screen person. I make a new silk screen. Yes, yes, yes. Right. And that, that's another thing of development. That takes like another two months to figure out how many inches will it be height and width wise. Yeah. And what cup am I going to put it on? And X, Y, Z, and X, Y, Z. Yeah, it's a stage of development. But like every two to three months, I have a stage of development. And that stage of development is usually my next store upload or my next table. And then I move on. And then Mm -hmm. like, I'm like, cool, I figured out how to do something that I am impressed with. Because something that I've learned, you're going to hate this. (gasps) Tell me. I've learned that I can't listen to y'all. I can't (sighs) because they ask me to make stuff and they won't buy it. Oh. They're like, oh, make a Korean moon vase. And then I make it and I put it in the store. And they're like, oh, I just wanted you to make it. I don't want to buy it. Oh. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, well. 
to answer the question, what I generally do is I have two, maybe two to four months of production. I figure out a technique and then I'm usually impressed with myself enough to go, okay, good. On to the next thing. Mm. I need another tool. The bad part about this is that I now have so many tools on the belt that I don't know what kind of house I'm supposed to build. Oh, In a proverbial okay. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know those those two-foot bases I have in the corner of yes, my studio? Yes. They're not glazed. I know. You've had those for... I feel like you, you've been slowly growing your unglazed base collection for like a few years now. Yeah. Yeah. I need to throw some away or glaze them, one of the two. Yeah. Like yeah. I have to pick. Are there like concrete techniques that we could recommend? Like for folks... Like if folks are looking to like layer techniques... What are some of those techniques that you would suggest people experimenting with? The thing that I want most people to do, and it's only because it's such a gateway drug, is to buy some... And this is a plug, but I do not get any money from this. Okay. Buy some Clayscapes Glaze. Okay. The powdered form. I have a code. I think it's Earth 10. It's 10% off, right? Okay. And start mixing your own glaze that does not come in bottled form. You will start to realize that the amount of water that you put in your glaze changes the glaze drastically. And then every time you buy a bottle of glaze, you're going to start to wonder, like, how much water is in this? Why is this one brushable and the other ones are not? And then you'll start to wonder, well, how much water should be in, like, an Amico bottle of glaze? You'll, like, it opens up a whole gateway of, like, oh, the water should be treated as an ingredient. The amount of water I add or take away makes the glaze completely different. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's nice, too, because with Clayscapes, they give you the, like, what the hydrometer reading should be. Yes. Now, I still recommend, I think I still think testing the specific gravity using the, like, cylinder, the uh, graduated cylinder yeah, method. That, yeah, that Sue McLeod yeah. recommends is good, too. But, yeah, but that's that's a great suggestion. It's a huge, and, and also, they've done most of the work for you. Like, yeah. really, you just put the powder into wherever container, and you mix it up, and it's, like, glaze. For mm-hmm. usually half the price for like double the amount of glaze, right? Yeah. It's a huge amount. It's like a it's five a, it's pounds. A, it's a lot. It's I, a lot of glaze. I got a uh, a 10 pound bag. 10 pounds? Yeah. And it fill, it's enough to fill up one of these, which is maybe, how many gallons is this? That looks like a two or three gallon. Yeah, I think it's two gallons. Which keep in mind, like, let me say uh, a clear, the clear glaze they have, I think it's called cream, is like 25 bucks. For five pounds. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I think two pounds of that stuff is like maybe a pint. Mm-hmm. So you're getting like double, if not triple the amount for any, anyway, I'm not trying to stroke off Clayscapes. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Clayscapes. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same. I've, I've been really like, I've been very grateful for their glazes because I needed, I needed a couple new glazes for SAC anime, but I just could not get it together to go out and like buy all the ingredients and stuff. And I was like, I just need... I just need some easy glaze and just, just send me this, send me the powder. I'll, I'll add the water myself. Oh, and by the way, when you add the water yourself, add it like maybe like a couple, a few cups at a time. Yeah. Add it slowly. Yeah. Because as you mix it, you'll start to like, you'll reach a point where there's no resistance in the glaze and you'll start to realize how much water you're really putting. Yeah. But I think I ended up putting like maybe two pints of water. Yeah. Into my glaze. They should have a milliliter example on there, or at least, a, a, like you said, a hydrometer. Yeah, they example. have the recommended hydrometer reading, but for folks who who have never, like, used a hydrometer or, like, never read the clay, they might be like, well, how, like, what's that, what is a, what is a hydrometer reading of 1.65? Right. What does that look like in the consistency of the clay? You get a lot or, of... Of the, of the glaze, rather. You get a lot of experience from buying 
And I'm only saying clayscapes because I don't know anyone else who sh- sells powdered glaze. Yeah, I'm sure there's some out there, but... I do love clayscapes. Yeah. Their they're people are just nice. You they're, know they're, I mean? yeah, they're, they're, they're cool great. people. They're really Plus, great. we have a discount code, but, like, they were like, do you want us to pay you? And I was like, no, just give me the discount code so my people can get, like, money off. Yeah. Because I really want people to start putting water with minerals and making glaze. Yeah. It opens up a, a huge world of possibilities for your glazes. And you start to realize, like... To overuse this term, you start to realize how pigeonholed you are in comparison to other potters who are just buying the same mm-hmm. 20 bottle glazes that are popular on the market all the time. Yeah, that's like as as open-minded as I try and as I try and be about some of those things, I definitely notice with myself, like the first few times I saw Ancient Jasper, oh. I was like, oh, banger. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, right? it's amazing, right? And if I see an artist like now who who uses that, it's kind of like, like oh. ancient Jasper. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still love it. It's like, a great red. Yeah, it's really it's a great red. It's got the gold. It's gorgeous. I might buy some. Yes. But it's more like, OK, this it's it's not that I judge that other person. It's just that their work maybe isn't for me I'm, because it's not interesting because it's like I see I've seen this technique used like I'm I, over I it. yeah, yeah. And it's, but again, you know, I mean, if they're, if they're running their business, great. Like, I'm just not their customer. Like, and that's not, a, that's no, no shade on them. That's just like, it's not a good match. You I know? think, I think Lindsay's vibe is like, I'm happy for you. It's just not for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, my, that's... my vibe is very like, I'm happy for you now. <laughs> but in, in like three or four months, you're going to be sad. And I'm going to say, I told you so. Oh my God. So judgy. So judgy. <laughs> yeah. I think, um. A good example of this, and I brought this, I brought this up when we were in the car, but, um, I did a live video, uh, last week or the week before, I can't remember. Yeah. And, uh, I was adding my dragon scale mugs and it's right. like, it's kind of funny cause it's like every, every time I kind of talk about how I use that technique, yeah. people recommend you're like, Oh, have you tried this, this and this, like yeah, to, to make yeah. that easier. And it's kind of like. It's like, no, guys, like, I've, I've, thought, I've thought about that. I've <laughs> thought of that. I've thought about this a lot. Like, it doesn't work. But then, but again, it's like, if you're one of those people, like, don't feel bad because, like. They're trying to help. Yeah. And honestly, sometimes yeah. people do recommend things that are like, oh, shit. Like, I'll never forget when um, someone recommended using, like, an olive oil spray for some of my uh, stamps that were tearing the clay a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I did not think of, of course, like, it's like a mold release. Of course, that should be a thing. But I just hadn't thought of it. Cooking but, spray. Yeah. Right. But anyway, so bringing it back to the, um, to the dragon egg mugs, I felt myself and it was funny cause, uh, Tim, Tim C kind of like called me out on it a little bit. Cause I was like, I was essentially talking about the different ways that people do dragon scales or dragon eggs, dragon egg, like type designs. Yeah. And I was explaining that like the reason that I add my scales the way I do, even though it's so time consuming. And for those who haven't seen me use this technique, basically what I do is I have, I carved a scale shape into a small plaster, like a small slab of plaster, basically. I yeah. roll up a small ball, like a really, really tiny ball of clay. I press it into the mold, score the back, and then I essentially I'm adding the scales one by one onto the mug. Yeah. Very and labor intensive. Very labor intensive. But the reason that I do it is because some of the faster techniques that I've seen, again, it's not like, because I know you do like the, the scale press I just started tool. doing it again. Yeah. Yeah. And so again, so it's not like in this situation, it's like, I'm judging you for that. It's just that that's not for me because it's like, I've seen that before. And part of the reason I'm, I guess you could say, and Tim, Tim, Tim was kind of like, oh, okay, great. So you make the awesome cups and yeah, if you want to make 
scales, then go make scales. That's okay. And I'm like, no, that's not what I'm trying to say, Tim. But also I get how I would totally come across Tim's like awesome. That. Tim's awesome. I love Tim. Tim, thank you. Thank you for, for... Tim's chaotic and in your face at the same time. It's great. But yeah, yeah. So that's, that's kind of, that's, it's difficult because that's, I think the, the tricky thing about all of this is that the reason that I am labor intensive with my work is because I want it to stand out in a way that I think it, 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 I, I'm, I'm trying to find ways to make it unique. Like, because yes. again, it's like, I think as we're all trying to find our own style, it's, it can be really challenging to, to, to develop a style that you feel like is unique and that it's your own. I just wanted my, I just wanted, because dragon egg stuff or dragon skin, just dragon is really popular. Just dragon shit. Dragon shit, man. I'm like, I'm here for it. Scalies all the way. Whoa. Um, <laughs> So because it's very popular, it's like, all right, I got to figure out how to make this thing that is really popular unique. And that's why I do it the way I do it. And it's not that not to say that any of the other ways are bad in and of themselves. It's just that I want to pursue a different style because I feel like my own style is more unique. I, I get what you're saying. And if I were to kind of sum it up in this one sentence, it's it's that... Everyone, not everyone, but you want your work to be unique, mm -hmm. but we, we do have to come to terms with the fact that what is unique is not what is common generally. And because right. a lot of these techniques, as we've been talking about, are generally overused, especially in social media and commonized, then like you want to find a way to express yourself probably with those same techniques in a different way to make your work more unique and more specialized towards you and your form of expression. Mm -hmm. Now, I do want to reiterate what is unique is often not common. Yeah. It's like literally they're, they're polar, opposites. polar opposites. Yeah. <laughs> so in that same vein, whenever I tell people, I want you to gain more tools. I want you to gain more uh, expressive tools so that you can make your own expressive form of uniqueness. They, they kind of do go in opposition where I'm like, I want you to express. I want you to go through that phase of expressing yourself. Mm -hmm. I want you to experiment with swirly mugs and gold lusters and raccoons and bubble glazes and tiny pottery and big pottery and, and all that stuff. And you know what I mean? But like at the same time, I want you to realize that those are probably the most common forms of expression. And I want you to have more tools to express yourself more intricately than just those commonalities. Mm -hmm. That's my main goal for people that not only listen to what I have to say in the ceramic art world, but also my students. Yeah. As I was telling you in the car, my next class is probably going to, is probably going to be like a bunch of like, here's the stuff that you're going to, you're going to run into in the art world. <laughs> yeah. I want you to get used to it now. Mm -hmm. Because I want you to experiment with it because I want it to be another tool in your belt. And I don't want you to be enamored by it. Mm. I don't want you to be so awestruck that it be, if this sounds mean, <laughs> I don't want to be the whole so awestruck that it becomes your entire personality for two years on Facebook, <laughs> on Facebook groups. You know, like yeah, I want yeah. you, I want you to play with it. I, I want, and I want you to, I kind of want you to move past it after a couple years. <laughs> You know, and, and then I also want you to form it into your own form of expression. Mm -hmm. I want you to express yourself in a unique manner. Yeah. What is unique is not often common. Yeah. Cut your hair, get a job. <laughs> what? Oh, sorry. The boomer came out. I'm, oh, okay. I'm sorry. All right. There Sometimes you go. Sometimes yeah. the boomer comes out. <laughs> I don't understand what's with the colored hair. Oh. What's another one they said? Um, they, them is only for plural. Oh, no. Oh, my God. oh I don't do that one. Yeah, but. no. Fun. Oh, yeah. Put your phone down. Oh, oh, there we go. That's another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then they watch football and they're like, why are you watching someone else play video games? That's dumb. You're not even playing the game. Oh, God. Like while they watch yeah. sports. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. okay. That's yep. crazy. Yep. 
That reminds me. So in addition to developing your own unique style and like, again, like you're saying, not being so, or, or finding, finding ways to push your work and make it more your own. Yes. I think I would really highly encourage people to try to write a few sentences about your piece. I'm not doing it, Lindsay. I know you're not going to. I'm not to. doing I've it. I've given up on you. I know it's not going to happen. I hate, I'm yeah. American. I can barely read. <laughs> I hate it. The reason I feel like this is important, and again, like when, when I say writing about your piece, it doesn't have to be grand expositions on the state of humanity. Like my work, my, some of my work is very like ideas driven, but when you're talking about your work, it doesn't have to be like super conceptual, especially if you've never practiced writing about your work. When you do this exercise, like don't imagine that you're writing to anybody, like write it more for yourself at first. Yeah. But I really recommend write a few sentences about why you were interested in making this cup. Think about why you were interested in the shape. Think about why you were interested in the color, why you were interested in the design. And then if there was an idea that inspired it, like what, what was the inspiration? Because I think the more that you get used to writing about and talking about your work, the better able you will be to connect those ideas with your audience. Because I think again, like it is, especially with how much art we're exposed to, online, like if you're on, you know, social media of any kind, you're going to see a lot of different work and it can be difficult sometimes to, to stand out. I have bought work from people whose work maybe isn't the most like visually just looking at it may not be like the most unique thing in the world, of like there, but the story behind their piece, like the, con the concept behind it is what drew me in. Like there is a jewelry artist who I've bought a few pieces from and I first, you know, I found her work kind of randomly, but she had a series of mugs that was based on the idea of light. And it wasn't just like light in of itself, but it was like candlelight, firelight, lanterns. And just the, the way that she talked about what inspired this series of uh, pendants that she had made mm -hmm. is what ended up making me want to buy her work because I wasn't just buying the design. I was buying the idea and the feelings that that nice. idea invoked in me. Yeah. So even if it's not idea driven, practice maybe three to four sentences of why you wanted to make this piece. And I think that will also help you realize what you're interested in. And then by focus, by realizing what you're interested in making, then that gives you a path to to pursue like yeah, if you like fair. if you like lines if you were messing around with scraffito yeah. then you go oh okay yeah i really like what do i like about this piece okay yeah it was a mug i like the i like the glaze i put on it but yeah them lines them lines would be crazy so then you can say all right how do i push lines further mm. one last thing because i know i'm kind of like found like i found like a bunch of ideas in my brain all Take of a sudden time. i gotta i gotta say them um, there is a there's a book i cannot remember who wrote it but there's a book on creature design that I found actually very applicable to ceramics. And the author talks about taking a design idea and pushing it until it breaks. So for instance, if you were interested in exploring Scraffito and you, let's say you started out making a, like a few lines that, you know, wrapped around the cup. Mm -hmm. Okay. What would happen if you did lines that 
wrapped around the cup, but there was literally no empty space. It was just lines. And then what if you extended those lines to the bottom, like the underside of the cup? And then what if you carved farther into those lines? Oh, that's a beautiful idea. Right? Like it's like taking that one idea and then pushing it until it literally like doesn't work anymore. Like yeah. until you've carved and then you're carving through the piece and you're making non-functional pieces. Like that is how, and that can all start from consciously identifying what it is you are interested in making. Have you ever seen that meme? I think it's Adam, what's his name? Adam Driver? The guy who's oh. Kylo Ren? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where the, the meme is, more! Oh, yes! More! <laughs> more! Yes! That's such, yes, yes. That's what, that's, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, because even, even as you say that, so even as Lindsay's saying that, my brain is conceptualizing, like, yeah, there's something I like to do in my work, and then just, like, pushing it until it effing breaks. You know tell what me, I mean? Tell me what you thought of. No, because then you'll No, I want to know. No, I, I want to know. Them. Shh, don't, don't, don't listen. Turn your head aside. Also, keep it on, because I want to hear what he says. Tell me. Uh, you know, the line thing. Yeah. But like, I, I like lines. Yeah. And, like, I've made a piece with, like, two lines in it and been like, oh, it makes the piece look lifted. Yeah. Because the lines are at the bottom, and uh -huh. it makes it look like a pastel. And then I'm like, what if lines are the thing? And then that really makes the glaze play in the, mm. in the edges. And yeah. then I'm like, what about lines on the inside? And then yeah. you start thinking about that, and then you're like... What about the bottom? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, like, what if the foot is just a series of lines that are carved in them? Uh-huh. And, like, uh -huh. okay, the handle. You know what I mean? You yeah. Just keep, you just keep going until one day you're like, oh, this glaze looks really good on lines. Right. Push it till it breaks. Be like a cat. Push that cup off the shelf and watch it watch it break. I, the only cat I like is Tim. Aww. All other Me cats. Me too. I hate cats. So can we much. give you head scratches, Tim? Is that weird? That's weird. That is weird. Okay. Right. Yeah, I don't right. think we can head scratch Tim. Aww. I think he's an adult man. I think he's an adult man. I, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But if he like took a mask off one day and he was just like a cat, like a reverse furry. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he was a cat and a On human. On the inside? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I yes. feel like that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Like that checks out. That checks out. We love yeah. you, Tim. Thank you. I won't report you to the CIA, but that is some alien shit, Tim. I'm just letting you know. Non-human biologic. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd be like, wow, this cat speaks English. Yeah. That's more impressive. crazier. Which means that English is a dumb enough language to be learned by a cat. Or cats are just really smart. I can't do that second one. I don't know. Tim's really smart. Tim's really smart? Therefore, cats are really smart. Okay, that that is... You did cut out the middleman there. I did. But yeah, yeah. I did. No, you're, yeah. Yeah, you're kind of right. right. Yeah. I can't argue with that logic. Yeah, you could. You shouldn't. I, yeah, no, you're I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, My bad. You, I, I, I accept your apology. Yeah, no. No, get I on your wrong. knees. I'm, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my... Okay, I'm going to fade the, fade out probably on that. Good. But dude, there's this part of Baldur's Gate where you literally meet this guy who's like a disciple of a goddess of pain. And bro, the it's the edgiest shit in the world. But it's great. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Mud Peddlers. We would love to hear from you. So if you want to share your thoughts about the episodes or just see what Dante and I are working on in our studios, come say hi. You can find links to my social media at lindsaymdillon.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, M as in monster, D-I-L-L-O-N.com. And you can visit my pottery shop or see what I'm working on at earthnationceramics.com. And you can find me all over social media at Earth Nation Ceramics. It's spelled exactly how you think it's spelled. And if you want to support the show, hear some bonus episodes, and see some behind the scenes of my work, you can support me and the show at patreon.com slash Dillon. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs>